الحديث العاشر تنث حديث عن نعيم المجمر عن أبي هريرة رضي الله تعالى عنه عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أنه قال إن أمتي يدعون يوم القيامة غرا محجلين من آثار الوضوء فمن استطاع منكم أن يطيل غرته فليفعل وفي لفظ آخر رأيت أبا هريرة يتوضأ فغسل وجهه ويديه حتى كاد يبلغ المنكبين ثم غسل رجليه حتى رفع إلى الساقين ثم قال سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول إن أمتي يدعون يوم القيامة غرا محجلين من آثار الوضوء فمن استطاع منكم أن يطيل غرته وتحجيله فليفعل وفي لفظ لمسلم سمعت خليلي صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول تبلغ الحلية من المؤمن حيث يبلغ الوضوء The messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Abu Huraira narrated the, the person that narrated from Abu Huraira His name is Nu'aym al-Mujmir Nu'aym al-Mujmir ibn Abdillahi Abu Abdillahi al-Madani al-Qurashi He was a mawla for Umar radiyallahu ta'ala anu Slave boy for Umar ibn Khattab radiyallahu ta'ala anu He is a tabi'i Thiqa, reliable he and his father were both known as Al-Mujmir. They were both known as Al-Mujmir. Um, this hadith, the first narration, is narrated by Bukhari and Muslim. Bukhari narrated in Kitab Al-Wudu, Muslim narrated in Kitab Al-Tahara. The second narration is narrated by Muslim only. Muslim only. As the author said, وَفِي لَفْضِ Muslim. Muslim narrated it in Kitab al-Tahara. The second narration is also by... Sorry, the third narration is also by Imam muslim It's also by Imam muslim Kitab al-Tahara. So it's the only first one where Bukhari and Muslim both narrate. The other two, as the author mentions, Abdul Ghani, Abdul Wahid al-Maqdisi, they are the wording of Imam muslim Muslim is the only one who narrated this wording. Um... The first thing before we explain the hadith, the last part of the hadith where it says, مِنْكُمْ أَنْ يُطِيلَ غُرَّتَهُ فَلْيَفْعَلُ Does everyone see that? مِنْكُمْ أَنْ يُطِيلَ غُرَّتَهُ فَلْيَفْعَلُ Put that in brackets. And is that, and is that in the same brackets as the Prophet's speech? Is it by itself, separate, after the brackets is concluded? Show me. Show me. It's all, the, all red together. It's all right. Red, yeah? It shouldn't have been. That part is not the Prophet's speech. So you need to put that in brackets by itself. Do that in the first narration. And do it in the second narration as well. It's also in the second part. Pay attention. Just put that in brackets first. That part of the hadith is not the Prophet's speech. That is the speech of Abu Huraira. Hey, who remembers what this would be in hadith? What would a hadith call, be called when the Prophet says something if another person's speech enters the Prophet's 
they mix up and they become one. And it's only the Prophet's speech. Uh, sorry, it's not only the Prophet's speech. Sorry, it's not only the Prophet's speech. It is actually another person's speech which is mixed with the Prophet's speech. What did we say this was called? It's called Mudraj. It's called Mudraj. Now, I'm going to quickly go over something with you guys. When we look at hadith, in terms of its acceptance and rejection, I'm talking about. Looking at the hadith of the angle of acceptance and rejection. Pay attention. A hadith is either rejected because the narrator is criticized. The narrator is criticized. Okay? Pay attention. The narrator is criticized. Are you all with me? There is something regarding the narrator. Okay? The second one is called uh, The chain of narration is disconnected. Any hadith which you ever find that the scholars have rejected and said we don't accept this hadith which is mardud, it is not accepted as one of those two reasons. It's either something to do with the narrator, the hadith. Are you all with me? Or it's what? Or it's disconnected. Or it's just disconnected. That somebody's missing from the chain. And in terms of its disconnection of the chain, it's eight types. The hadith is disconnected. It's eight types of disconnection that we find. It's mu'allaq, uh, which is the first type, mu'allaq, and then mursal, and then mu'dal, and munqata', and then mudallas, and then mursal khafi, and the seventh one, which is mu'an'an, and the eighth, which is mu'annan, mu'annan. All of these are the eight types which a hadith is rejected because of the chain of narration is disconnected. The first type, as I said, is how the first was mu'allaq. The second one is mursal. Mursal. The third one, which is mu'dal. Mu'dal. The fourth one is munqata'. Uh, the fifth one is mudallas. So if you go back to mu'allaq, what was the definition of mu'allaq? Mu'allaq is when the shaykh, like he doesn't mention his shaykh. Like Bukhari doesn't mention his own teacher. This is called mu'allaq. Is Bukhari not mentioned his own teacher? This is called Mu'alaq. The second one is uh, Mursal. We took it in Bayquni, right? Mursalun min husahabiyun sakat. Waqul gharibu ma rawa rawin fakat. Mursal means what? Yeah, when a tabi'i says, Qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. A tabi'i. Who has he dropped out? No, if he has dropped a sahabi, then we would have taken his narration. There's no problem. But the worry is that he may have narrated from another tabi'i, which we don't know whether his reliability we can take. Does that make sense? As I said, the only person whose mursal is, is, is really discussed and it's really like given a lot of respect is the mursal of Sa'ad Sa'id ibn al-Musayyib. Sa'id ibn al-Musayyib, he's mursal. If Sa'id al-Musayyib, even though he didn't see the Prophet, if he says that the Prophet said, the scholars tend to have a soft spot for him because of the fact that the majority of the people he did narrate from was who? A companion. So we don't really need to know who the companion is. Because wherever you go with a companion, huh, they are udul, they're reliable. Does that make sense? Um, the other one which is mu'dal. And mu'dal we mentioned. Wa mu'dal us-saqeetu min huthnani. Mu'dal means what? 
when two people who are together, hey, pay attention, pay attention, don't get it wrong here. Mu'dal doesn't mean if there's one person at the front of the chain of narration and another person at the beginning of the chain of narration, so at the end and at the front. That's not called Mu'dal. Mu'dal has to mean two people are next, mutawaliyan. They're next to each other. And two, the two people are next to each other, they're both missing. Two people together are both missing. And they are after each other. This is called Mu'dal. This hadith is rejected because it's the fourth which is called muqatta. Muqatta is simple, it's just any type of disconnection. All of the mentioned ones ask one way or another they are muqatta. Muqatta just means disconnection, regardless of how it happens. It's a disconnection. So a mu'allaq is a disconnection, isn't it not? It is a mursal is a disconnection, mu'dal is a disconnection. Five is what? Mudallas. So what is it? وَمُعْضَلُ السَّاقِطُ مِنْهُ تِلَانِ وَمَا أَتَى مُدَلَّسَ النَّوْعَانِ إِسْقَاطُ لِلشَّيْخِ وَأَنْ يَقُولَ عَنْ مَنْ فَوْقَهُ بِأَنْ وَأَنْ وَالثَّانِ لَا يُسْقِطُهُ لَكِنْ يَصِفْ أَوْصَافَهُ بِمَا بِهِ لَا يَنْعَرِفْ So it's مُدَلِّس. مُدَلِّس is a person who tries to sort out the chain of narration. There's ways he does it. وَمَا أَتَى مُدَلَّسَ النَّوْعَانِ First one is what? وَمَا أَتَى إِسْقَاطُ لِلشَّيْخِ He drops his teacher or somebody he's hiding. إِسْقَاطُ لِلشَّيْخِ Oh, وَأَنْ يَنْقُولَ عَمَّنْ فَوْقَهُ بِأَنْ وَأَنْ So when he does drop the person, he uses a an or an an instead. Just, just to make... وَالثَّانِ لَا يُسْقِطُهُ The second one, he doesn't throw the person out. But what does he do? وَالثَّانِ لَا يُسْقِطُهُ لَكِنْ يَصِفْ أَوْصَافَهُ بِمَا بِهِ لَا He will give the shaykh a description he's not known for. He's got another name. But he'll give him a description that he's not known for. Are you all with me? He gives him a kunya that no one knows his kunya for. Or he gives him a nickname that no one knows this nickname. So the people don't know him. He's trying to beautify the chain of narration. Okay? Number six is called Mursalul Khafi. Mursal Khafi is very, is very, very delicate and it's, called, it's from the ilal, which is the deepest rooted type of ilal. And it's different from the normal Mursal. It's different from the normal Mursal. But we'll take that, inshallah, when we go to Nukhbatul Fikr, inshallah ta'ala. The seventh one, which is Mu'an'an, which is when the hadith is used, An'ana, is the, is the usage of the word An, An'an, An'an, the usage of it. And number seven is the usage of the word An. Number eight is the usage of the word An. So a person uses the word An. Those types are all forms of what? Disconnection of hadith. Are you all with me? The disconnection of a hadith. They are all rejected. The second type of rejection of hadith comes because of the there's a narrator or an individual who's narrating the hadith, something or someone has said something about him. Or he's that narrator has actually opposed other people or etc. So the second type is a ta'lu rawi A reasoning behind the narrator. And that is basically six types. That is basically six types. The first one is mawdu' fabricated. Mawdu' means when a person ascribes to the Prophet ﷺ that which he did not say. And it's one of the worstest form of lie. And a hadith which is fabricated, it cannot be helped or supported. It cannot be helped or supported in any form or way or shape. It's finished. You see? The second one is matruk. The second one is what? A matruk. Uh, a matruk is a hadith which is a left and the reason why it's left is because the narrator is suspected to have lied so it's a bit less than mawdu' mawdu' is actually he, he lied he know he's known to lie but the matruk is mutahamun bil kadhib 
he's suspected to be a liar or want to lie. You see? Number three is Munkar. 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 Munkar is when a person, Munkar, is um, when a person who is not reliable huh? or who is not strong in hadith. He's not strong, sorry. He's not strong and he opposes. He has, remember we said, when a reliable per, reliable and a strong person oppose another strong person, it's called what? Shad. But when a person who is weak opposes a person who is strong, huh? this is called munkar. So it's the, type, the opposition here is coming from a person who is not in any way or form or shape. He cannot be challenged towards the person he is opposing. Does that make sense? Yeah. And the opposite to ma'ruf, the munkar is ma'ruf. Ma'ruf is the opposite. Okay. Number four is mu'allal. Mu'allal is a defect. Mu'allal is a, it's a defect. Mu'allal is a defect. Number five, which is the one we want to come to, which is the whole intent of this point, which is the fifth one. This is called mukhalafatul thiqat. It's the opposition of reliable individuals. Are you all with me? And that is five types. The first one is mudraj. The first one is what? It's mudraj. So the first one is mudraj. And that's where we want to stop, inshallah, here now. We're going to take mudraj. Mudraj happens in two ways. It happens in what? Two ways. The first way that the mudraj happens is in the chain of narration. Or the mudraj can actually occur in what? In the metan of the hadith, the text of the hadith. So it can happen in the chain of narration and it can also happen in the, in the metan of the hadith. But the reasoning of the mudraj is a opposition. A person opposes other narrations in this issue. There's an opposition that a person opposes. Now, we're not going to take the chain of narration. Ibn Hajar, in his Nukhbat al-Fikr, he brings four types of mudraj in the chain. I'm not going to mention that. We're going to go to it when we study Nukhbat al-Fikr. Are you with me? We're now going to take the only, we're going to take the type which is the mudraj in the metal, which now occurred in this hadith. Which is that somebody is going to add something to a hadith. And there are reasons why, scholars have mentioned reasons why it happened. And to be, to be clear with you all and to show you how this science has been served, Al-Imam Al-Khatib Al-Baghdadi authored a book, authored a book just on mudraj only. A nice big book. Uh, on Mudraj, he authored. He called it Al Faslu Lil Wasli. He called it Al Faslu Lil Wasli Mudraj. Al Faslu Lil Wasli Mudraj. So he called it Al Faslu Lil Mus Lil Fasli Al Mudraj. Fin Nakli. Fin Nakli. So he called it Al Waslu Al Faslu, sorry, Lil Wasli Fi Al Mudraj. Sorry, Al Waslu. في الفصل الفصل للوصل المدرج في النقل which basically means he talks about 
ahadith which are mudraj. He deals with ahadith which are mudraj. So we said that the first one, the first, the two types. The first type is chain of narration, and we also metan the text. What has happened to us in this hadith is فمن استطاع منكم أن يطيل غرته فليفعل is mudraj في المتن. In the hadith, Abu Hurairah had added something to it. It occurs for many reasons. Scholars have spoken about why. And uh, the causes that bring it or make it happen is the person who's narrating the hadith doesn't tend to tell the people that now the Prophet's speech is over and my speech is going to start. So they actually assume, huh? they assume that this person is still saying what the Prophet said when he really is trying to put a commentary on it or he's trying to explain a word. Does that make sense? Are you all with me? But because a lot of people are narrating the hadith from him, pay attention. It's always by other narrations from another people who've narrated it from him tend to understand that he meant he stopped there. Does that make sense? Some people may not know that he stopped. And some students are, pro, are aware that his speech has stopped. And they stop at that point. And so ulama, what they will do is later, is they would look at all the narrations and they would find out this part is mudraj, it's extra. This was not the wording of the Prophet by other means or other narrations. Does that make sense? They will find out. So this is mudraj, which is for something to enter into the hadith of the Messenger, وسلم, which is not from it. That's important. And the scholars that have pointed that out are many. Ibn al-Qayyim and Ibn Taymiyyah are from them. Ibn al-Qayyim pointed that out, that this hadith is mudraj. Imam Malik rahimahullah, pointed it out. Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal also pointed it out. And Shaykh al-Albani rahimahullah and Hafiz ibn Hajar also might mention that that this part of ibn Hajar uh, the kalam here of uh, Abu Hurairah some scholars said some scholars said it is mudraj we agree it's mudraj but they said it is not Abu Hurairah who done the idraj uh, yeah they said that Abu Hurairah is not the one who done it so who is it they said they said it is Ibn Shihab al-Zuhri so it's not Abu Hurairah's speech it's Ibn Shihab al-Zuhri who did it? But the strongest we said is Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala anhu. So what does the hadith mean now? Abu Huraira said that the Messenger said, In the Ummati, my nation, Yud'auna they will be called Yawm al-Qiyamati, the day of judgment. So my nation, my people, the Ummah that is being referred to here is who? Ummatu? You learned that before. Ummatu al-Ijabah. The Ummah that accepted him alayhi salatu salam who accepted his call in the Ummati, my Ummah, which is Ummatul Ijabah. So what does Ummatul Ijabah mean? It means the Ummah who believed in him and he followed him. Yud'auna, they will be called the day of questioning and recognition, the day of judgment, Yom Al-Qiyamah, the day of Qiyamah. Why is it called the day of Qiyamah, the day of standing? That's what Qiyamah means. Qiyamah is Qiyamah, Yaqubu, Qiyamah. Qiyamah is called because it's the day where people are going to be brought out of their graves and they will stand in front of Allah lil hisabi wal jaza. They're going to be they're going to be going through a court of law where they stand sitting is not involved. When they are called yawm al qiyamati ghurran they are going to be called when they are ghur. Ghurran is the plural of jam'u aghar. Aghar is the singular. And it's a lum'ah, it's a part, it's a white part fi jabhatil faras. The horse on its front, the jabha is here, right? This is ghur. 
on the forehead of the horse, there's going to be that white part of it. The Day of Judgment, what is it going to be for them? There's going to be nur that's coming out of their face, the Day of Judgment, nur. What does the word muhajjalina mean what? It is the whiteness that is on the hooves of the horse. Muhajjalina is what is on the hooves, the, the horse's hooves. Min wudu. So the people, they're shining from the what? Their hands and their legs and their forehead. Shining, the day of judgment. Why? What's the reason they are? Because of their wudu in which they did. Because of the wudu in which they did. Min wudu. Abu Huraira then said, Anyone who is able, anyone who is able to lengthen ghurratahu, his foreheads, wood, the forehead on the wood, then let him do so. Let him do that. Let him do that. Let him do that. Anyone who is able to, for him to lengthen his ghurra, the ghurra means what? The whiteness that's on the forehead, the head, the forehead, as I said, on your jabha here. Okay. This hadith, brothers, um, the overall meaning that he has given us is that the Prophet ﷺ told us that Allah specified this nation. Matters in this world and in the hereafter. That no one else shared with them from the previous nations. And it's a blessing and a mercy from Allah and that is that they are going to come the day of judgment and their faces and their hands are going to shine and their legs nor and whiteness due to their fudu in which they used to do in this world and they did it in worship and servitude to Allah and honoring the prayer of Allah Taala, and that the people's hilya, the people's beauty will reach the day of judgment, wherever they what they will do reach. The second hadith. It says that I saw, who said I saw? Nuaim al-Mujmir is saying I saw Abu Hurairah. I saw Abu Hurairah. Yatawadda. I saw Abu Hurairah do wudu. He washed his face. He washed his hands. He washed until he was close to reaching what? His shoulders. Abu Huraira was so up until he reached his shoulders. Pay attention. And then he washed his legs. Until his water went far to his shin. Saq is your shin. He reached that far. So after that, he said when he did this, سمعت, I heard Rasulullah sallallahu I heard the messenger say, in the ummati, my nation, يدعونه, they will be called, يوم القيامة, the day of judgment, محجلين, My nation will be called the day of judgment. Their faces and their legs shining with light due to the wudu that they used to do. فمن استطاع, anyone of you who is able, أن يطيل for him to lengthen, غرته, his face go far on it. And his legs and hands. Let him do so. In another wording of Muslim, 
Abu Huraira said, Sami'tu Khalili. I heard my Khalil say. I heard my Khalil say. Now question, how can Abu Huraira call the Prophet his Khalil when the Prophet said, if I was to ever have a Khalil on this earth, I would have Abu Bakr as my Khalil, but Allah took me as my, uh, but Allah took me as a Khalil. Okay. Hadar. Very good. We say that Abu Huraira was referring to himself as seeing the Prophet as Khalil. He's the, Abu Huraira saw the Prophet as his Khalil, not, not, the, not the Prophet did. So the Prophet uh, he said, I heard my Khalil والسلام, say, Tablughul Hilyata. The Hilya is what? It is the shine, it's, the, it's where the people, the beautiful, beautiful, beautified of yourself is adorning. The adornment of the people of the hereafter will, be, will reach wherever their wudu would reach. Their adornment, the day of judgment would reach however far their wudu reaches. Fiqhul Hadith. The fiqh of the Hadith. One, Ithbatil Ba'ath. Affirming resurrection. Well, Mi'ad and returning back to Allah. And that there's going to be reckoning and questioning the day of judgment. And reward. Two, Fadilatu Hadil Ummah, the virtue of this nation, Wamazilataha Indallah Azawajala, and the status they have in Allah Tabarakwata with Allah the Day of Judgment. Number three, Istihbabu that is highly recommended, Al Muhafada to Allah Wudu, to safeguard your ablution. Wasunanahu, and its Sunnah, the legislation Sunnahs as well. So it's highly recommended to safeguard your wudu and its sunan, the, the sunan of the wudu as well. Four, bayanu, clarifying, ma Allahu ta'ala, that which Allah has prepared, min al-fadli, in terms of virtue, wal karamah, and honoring, li ahli wudu for the people of evolution, the day of judgment. Five, bayanu, clarifying, ma atla'a Allahu, that which Allah had allowed the Prophet to observe, min al-mughayyibat, from the unseen things, Al-Mustaqbala, that will take it, that will take place in the future, that which Allah has never shown, a prophet other than him, from the matters of the hereafter, and the characteristics that are in it. Six, that it's highly recommended to make sure that the wudu reaches every part of your body. Here, the last point, which is the ikhtilaf of the ulama regarding this hadith or matters pertaining to this hadith. The scholars have disagreed or had a uh, argument regarding lengthening the wudu on your forehead and your face and your arms and your legs. The majority of the scholars have taken that istihbab, that it's recommended, highly recommended. The majority of the ulama have taken the view that it's highly recommended. Pay attention. Uh, highly recommended to do that. To do what? It's highly recommended. <coughs> it's highly recommended to do what? It's highly recommended <coughs> to lengthen and to increase in the places in which you will do wudu from. Following what? hadith. Follow the apparentness of this hadith. Follow the apparent hadith. That we just came across. What 
But even though the Jumhur have agreed that it's, it's highly recommended, but then they also disagreed amongst themselves in what? How far are you allowed to go? How far? They allowed that going far is good. But they said, how far are you allowed to go? And how, how is it meant to be? Imam Malik and also a, a narration from Imam Ahmed ibn Hanbal, they took the stance which is not, it's not recommended. That's the second view. The second view that Imam Malik and a narration from Imam Ahmed, um, they took the view that it's not recommended. And also Ibn Taymiyyah and Ibn Al-Qayyim as well. They both all took. So four, Imam Malik, Imam Ahmed, and riwayah of him, the narration of his, and Ibn Taymiyyah and Ibn Al-Qayyim, they four took the view that it's not recommended to go far in your wudu. And the reason why they took that stance, which is what? First of all, they said, it's you going over the obligatory thing that was required from you without any evidence. Without any evidence. The second thing is that the, the part where it says, Anyone who is able to lengthen on his ghurrah, anyone who is able to lengthen on his forehead, let him do so. This is mudraj. It is the kalam of Abu Hurairah. And that the Prophet didn't say this. Three, the ghurrah cannot occur on the hands. It doesn't take place on the hand, but rather it's on the face. And to lengthen on your face, <laughs> it can't happen. Lengthen on your forehead. How are you going to lengthen water on your forehead? This is your forehead, all of it. Okay, the hands can be understood. Like, you know, the forehead, how are you going to lengthen it? So it's It can't happen. Since it's on the face, and it, it's not the hands, how are you going to lengthen on it? If you do, let's say, I can, I'll put it to my hair, then that's the head. You've, not left, you've left the word ghurrah. You're not doing the ghurrah anymore. As I said, the ghurrah is the forehead. So that, that language-wise, it doesn't also work in that way. Four, the people who have transmitted to us the wudu of the Messenger in their large amount, yeah, none of them have ever brought to us that the Prophet he went too high over his what? After he done Ali Salam his elbows, just over his elbows, no one of them has ever brought us that the Prophet went up to his shoulders. Never. And no one has ever brought to us that the Prophet he went over his ankles. Huh? And that he reached his saq, his shin. No narrations have brought it. And that the Prophet, all the wudu, you bring it together, that's where they all mention. This shows us what? That it's highly, that it's not legislated to do so. If it was, or it was permitted, then, or if it was mustahab in doing so, then even one time it would have been transmitted to us. Fifth one, Abu Hurairah never done it in public. He used to hide with it. Even he himself, he never done it in public. He used to do this right now in private. And that Nu'aym ibn Mujbir caught him doing it that he used to hide it and not do it in public because of that which he understood from the hadith that which he understood from the hadith but the scholars they said even the understanding is not right because the word ghurrah you can't lengthen 
uh, it.